0: Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now here's your host, Sharon Kleina.
1: I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Power of Water. I'm Sharon Kleina. Many years ago when I decided to have this radio talk show, almost seven years ago, I decided I was going to discuss the power of water and our lives, and especially fresh water. And I want to tell you today that our population in the United States grew to 36, to, to new people, 36,046 people living in the United States. We now have three, 315 million, over 315 million people living here that need water. And the world population grew by 1,487,776 people. The population in the world, worldwide of this planet Earth, we're living in the universe is over 7 billion people that require water. And this is why fresh water is so important to you. And the, the lack of education has been sad. Fresh water was brought to Earth by the power of all of the universe. And in the planet, all of our universe, Earth has the water, a fresh water, that has been planned to be able to keep you alive. Now, are you taking that serious? Fresh water. Did you know that your brain, your brain is 80% water? Your body is mostly water. Your cells have two thirds of water in them and outside the cell you have a third water. Did you know? that the newborn baby is 75% water, you're 80 to 90% water, your skin is 68% water, your eyes at the surface of the eye are not eye drops, (laughs) they're 98% water. So that your life on your earth and living with the humidity in the air, which is influenced by water and fresh water, is vital to your everyday life. We have a water crisis because we have very few people except for maybe Nestle in Switzerland who believes that fresh water is the key to all life on Earth. And they've been willing through their methods of doing business through the years of going in and finding those fresh waters all over the world and providing us bottled water because a lot of people can even go to their tap and buy get fresh water. We have children, almost 6,000 children a day, dying in other countries of the world that don't have any water at all. They're dying. Their mothers have to get up in the morning at daybreak, carry those big, huge buckets or urns off to the water source, wherever, how far distance, and bring it back. It's all they get that day. And we've talked to the United Nations, and I brought it to them. What if she falls down? She has to start all over because she'd spill her water and start again. That's the survival of what is going on out in our world with water. It's a crisis. Now we'll discuss what is happening with China today. China is having a world crisis of pollution like no other time. And those particles of get into the air, choke them, their health. Did you, did you know what it's – can you imagine what that is doing to their water? They have 750,000 people a year die because of the water. So in our country, of the United States, over in India, it's a crisis, even in India. As prosperous as these companies, countries can be, where is the priority of our, our health? And then they're talking about health insurance? I'm, I'm sorry, everybody. I think it's time that we put a priority of being proactive with the air we're living in, what kind of, uh, how safe that is, and the water we're drinking is vital to all life on earth, even before the food. And then we get into the agriculture, we get into learning and better education, and putting money toward our health and then our safety. As making sure that we can live and be healthy and be safe, uh, the priorities are just strange, just strange to me. And uh, I think we'll be discussing a little bit of that today, too, with our guests. So remember, power of water is the whole, all there is about this earth. And if we don't think about it and embrace it with earth's whispers saying, don't take it all with you, leave behind, and I'm saying it's the fresh water. In your health, in your everyday life, it's the fresh water. And if you have a flu, uh, uh, contagious flu problems going around you, remember, if you're drinking a lot of water, you might be safer than the person who doesn't like water. Although they should drink water, whether they like it or not. The other one is if, if drinking water for the 24 hours a day, eight to ten glasses a day, and then when you're Taking a tablet, a supplement, a prescription, always remember what they're forgetting to tell you. Drink a lot of water with it or it won't work. The other tip is don't take them together. Don't take your supplements together. Take them individually so each one gets a separate glass of water. Your prescriptions, don't take your prescriptions together. Take them separately with a glass of water. They'll work better. You'll get a better return on your investment with your money to be spent you'll start noticing your health will react to the fact that you're drinking lots of clean, safe, fresh water. And don't add anything to it. I don't want anything added to the water you're drinking. It will not be a solvent if you add weight to the fresh water. It's got to be 100% water with no added ingredients. So try to think about that. It's exciting to be on the Health Olympics Well, today we have Jane Jones, and Jane is a graduate of William Mitchell College of Law. She worked for a U.S. Senator, uh, Norm uh, Coleman, I think it's Nurm Coleman, from 2002 to 2006. She was an executive assistant to the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Steve Svigin. I probably was pronouncing that wrong. She'll help us. I'm really excited to hear more about her book called Capital Hell. And uh, I think it's going to be an interesting uh, outlook on what we can learn because I think our, too many people think they know it all and they're not willing to be educated about what is really out there for us to learn. And we have a tendency to do some voting before we've actually learned what's going to be representative of us for a long-term what's best for all. So we'll learn from Jane. But, we'll listen to our sponsor Nature's Tears eye mist. Did you know that the surface of your eyes, why they get blurry and and pollen and the pollen is so uh, is acceptable to uh, dehydrated eyes. So if your eyes are 98% water at the surface, and you get a blurring or blurning, burning or allergies or get tired easy or all of a sudden you feel just funny and the eyes are not wanting to blink well. It's because they're dehydrated. You're, it's water. The air may be too dry. So with just a mist, nature's tears, eye mist, you can correct that with just a supplement. We'll listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back with Jane Jones. <laughs>
0: listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program.
3: Hi, Jane. Are you with us? Absolutely. Happy Inauguration Day. Yeah. <laughs>
1: We're both on the same mental. I almost was going to say, we have a very unique show today. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Happy inauguration day to the world, uh, to the United States of America, and Absolutely. to our new uh, president. No matter uh, what,
3: no matter what side of the aisle you fall on, say is a great day to be an American.
1: Yes, right, uh, and that's just exactly what uh, they were saying today. As I was getting ready, on, um, and I do listen to Fox News, but anyway, back to everyone. Um, tell me. About you, how did you get into what you're doing, and then you've oh, got God. a very I, unique... You know what?
3: I think I got politics in my blood from my grandfather. I, I think got I got it got in mine from my I character. got the bug in the stomach, and I, I graduated from um, Concordia University in St. Paul, great fine arts college, and decided I was going to major in political science. Went and interned at the Minnesota House of Representatives, fell in love with public policy making. After that, decided to go to law school because there wasn't enough lawyers in D.C. yet. <laughs> After a while, so we'll hey, I'm sorry there. to laugh, audience, but we don't, know if if don't have enough. Want. I love it. I love it. Maybe we didn't um, have as
1: many lawyers in D.C. at one time. I don't know. Right,
3: right, right, right. right. You can't throw a nickel without hitting one, you know? Oh, no, I after, agree with you. <laughs> uh, and then after that, decided to go um, volunteer for Norm Coleman for Senate. Norm ran against Senator Walsh if you remember that race. It was kind of covered across the nation. Norm yeah. won and ended up working for the grid senator for six years. And absolutely loved it. You know, I loved serving Minnesotans every day. I covered health policy, social issues, kids, justice. It was a great experience and a great opportunity. And that's where I met, um, actually, my co-author of Capitol Hill, Alicia Long. We both met on the campaign, and we shared a death, believe it or not. But we also shared the same values, because that's what brought us to the exact same campaign. And we became best friends instantly. Oh, wonderful. Well, now... Um...
1: Today when we're uh, focusing on uh, what is it you wanted to focus on today, because I I interrupt a lot, and I'm a typical radio talk show host, Uh, but what is some focusing that you would like to make today for the audience to understand uh, why you have, I guess you have a book called, called The Two of You. You and Alicia called Capitol
3: Hill. <laughs> yeah, you know we got the message that you wanted to talk with us, and you know we love doing talk shows. We love we've been kind of all over the U.S. with our book, which, which was released over Labor Day, and our uh-huh. book really gives a glimpse into life of what it's like to be a congressional staffer. You know, Congress has just reconvened. I think they're actually um, back in session this week with the 113th Congress, and our book kind of gives a glimpse into life what like is like what life is like inside a U.S. Senate office and all the shenanigans that can happen and go on. You know, I would answer any political question you have. Unfortunately, I'm not quite sure I'm up to snuff or up to speed on fresh water, but I'm li- listening, to, <laughs> listening to your intro, boy, oh, boy, I'm going to start doing some research. I don't think there's time.
1: anybody in any uh, state or uh, at our federal government level that focuses on fresh water, which is just absolutely uh, my dues are being paid to earn some ranks to go worldwide right. on that one. But God. let's talk yeah, yeah, yeah. our audience is, I know, uh, within our country, and I just had some people here from Europe, and they were saying on business, and they were saying that the rest of the world is not really respecting our country with the way we're handling not only our business affairs, but also our outlook on getting along with trying to figure out how do you hit the middle and everybody can uh, feel like they're getting uh, some accomplishments with why they were elected to be there to represent our country um, I have an outlook that I don't care who's president of the United States I don't care who's governor who's a representative they're representing even the ones who didn't vote for them and I have that outlook but Jane I come from the old school so how, how, do, you, how do you feel about what's happening in Washington D.C. or in the state
3: capitals today? Well, you know what, I, you know, that's, this is a loaded question, Sharon. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, you know what, we're America first, so I think you look out for America's interest first and our priorities. But America has to get along with everybody else in the great world that we share together. No, is there differences in values and opinions as to what we need to do as a country um, with other versus other countries? And that union unionization of all the you know, like the European Union along with the along with the US and our values versus their monetary values and all that all that stuff. Absolutely. But you know what? When it comes to when it comes push comes to shove, I'm American first and gosh darn it, I'm gonna make sure that I believe and I support our US president and the decisions that we're making as an administration globally. Now is there work to be done? Of course there is. There's always going to done, be work to be done in making sure that unionization-ship of all those different globalizations of countries coming together, um, that we do come together for peace, for um, making sure that no country is facing terrorism, no country is fil- facing a military attack on their dollar even versus, you know, on their land and on their soil. So, you know what, I, I, I stand by our, our, our president first, as always, no matter if the president's a Democrat or Republican. He's my president. But so at the same time, I understand that there's always a room, room for growth, room for improvement in working those relationships. But you know what? I'm one small tiny peanut in political science. So my value of my opinion, I don't think I can understand everything that goes into the, the decisions that, you know, what people are making on policies that affect globally in other countries. And they, and they are. I think our,
1: uh, our country down on, in the trenches is learning. How powerful each and every vote is to, to become, even if they've never watched TV that day or the whole week, maybe they don't own a TV, but they go to vote. They have, they don't listen to the radio. They maybe don't read anything, but they do go to vote. They're finding out every individual in our country and around the world how important the United States of America's vote is to the rest of the world. And Jane, what has happened here? and that since World War II, our influence on the rest of the world has been absolutely mind-boggling, much more than people realize of how mind-boggling it is. And I'm one of those people, Jane, who believes when our forefathers divided our country into 50 little countries, they're called states, but they're 50 little countries to do business with and to make decisions, put put borders to the states. A border to the whole United States of America that all of a sudden people forgot the loyalty to what you just said to support everything we do with a support system based on the fact that can we keep in the middle with an eco balance? And the ecosystem of our country is so important of a balancing act with the behavior of our own attitudes. That's an ecosystem, too. And it'll right. get off, it'll get off balance and, but again, and now when you called your book Capitol Hill, why did you and Alicia call it, uh, Capitol Hill?
3: Oh, you know, it's a play on words. It's, it's obviously a book written about Capitol Hill. <laughs> and we called it Capitol Hill just because, you know what, there's an over-demanding senator in the book. He's high maintenance. He's got, there's a crazy kooky, um, life that's part of the senator that, there's uptight staff, a wigged-out nanny. So, you know, but our book is fun because it's based on our real-life experiences, right? stories right. that happened to us, plus other, other, mm-hmm. other congressional office staffers that have mm-hmm. told us over time their, their stories, too. So, you know, what? the book's full of real life. It's full of some stories we've embellished and some stories we completely have made up. Is it a fictional book? You bet it's fictional. There's no Senate office that could exist. <laughs> on Capitol Hill, like we describe in Capitol Hill. But you know, mm-hmm. it's a fun book. It's a good look into life. What, what life is like behind that Senate curtain, and you know what what happens. What the demands. Now, are tell
1: our ca- listeners numbers. worldwide. As you know, this goes all over the world. Tell our right. uh, listeners what happens. Let's say, how did you get your job
3: to even work on Capitol Hill? And and I'm sure oh, that. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, you know, I, I actually worked on the Senator's campaign, like I said before, the Coleman versus Wellstone campaign, and I really, I'm a professor of political science, so I always tell my students, you can go work on Capitol Hill in DC, tell you about age of 30, how you get those jobs is you go and you're passionate about who you believe in, you believe in their values, their opinions, and you're gonna go work for your country. So you go, best, best way to get one of those jobs is to go volunteer in a campaign, work your fanny off, for that candidate, get them elected, and then they usually hire from those pools of their campaign staff. And then, you you know, you can go work on their staff in this the home state and do constituent services, or you can go to D.C. and, you know, work on public policy issues and really do the service work and um, policy work of what it's like in the U.S. Senate, the U.S. Congress. It is the best opportunity for any young adult who just graduated, I don't care if you're a political science major, if you're a communications major, what you are, because you will learn something every single day, all day long. I remember my hours, and we talk about this quite a bit in the book, the hours, you know, those staffers are working for $22,000 a year. They're working from 8 o'clock in the morning until, you know, 10 o'clock at night. They're sleeping with two blackberries. They're getting asked to do favors for the for the senator's wife they're getting um, asked to pull some strings to get it, get around federal bureaucracy, and they're making policy decisions where they're telling the Senator how to vote on um, you know pieces of legislation as you know health care as in um, ecosystems and water, and they're advising the Senator which way to vote up or down on a vote, and they're twenty two years old, fresh out of college. <laughs>
1: We're all holding our breath. (laughs) (laughs) breath, Uh, And the reason I just said that is because I grew up as a very outgoing, um, very outgoing person, involved in a lot of things. And uh, I will tell you, Mike, you know, and we've got these uh, young people uh, out there making huge decisions or lobbying. uh, And what you just said, I would call them lobbyists. In a way um, that
3: uh, the uh, yeah, you, I would you know, call them I would call them lobbyists. I call them legislative aides. No, okay. most of legislative aides, though, still after age thirty, after they get done working for the center, they usually get recruited to the big lobbying. Oh my firms, gosh, and they, yes. and and they, of they course, turn and they turn in they turn into lobbyists. I've known
1: people who have had that position too, like you've got, That's and uh, absolutely. their their their, uh, their 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 experiences led them to unbelievable futures. Now, when when. Follow me for a second, then. When when you go to work every day and you're in that position um, and you're practically not breathing, you uh, right. got a lot of fire okay. under the belt because there's so much to be get done, and there's probably
3: not enough people hired. Everybody right. A lot of pressure. You get, you get about 15,000 your, your issue areas, like so covered health care. We average about 25,000 emails a month.
1: Can I say something? Alone. You just brought something to my attention. I, I, I have to ask before I get forget it. I might write it down and forget to go back to my notes. But when when Nancy Pelosi said this, and we've all laughed about it, actually, and you probably really noticed, just just pass it, and we'll go back and read it when it's all done to find out what's in it. Is that what you think is going on? Where all of the, everybody's working so hard at the, whatever it might be, and nobody knows exactly who wrote what and how it got done and how it finally ended up until you do your, let's call it, the vote is in, on what was really written
3: on all this stuff? You know, Uh, I would be, I'm going to tell you, Sharon, I'd be really surprised... If there was, if you could name me one senator or one representative that actually has read an omnis bill or a, a continuing resolution bill, you know, the big, the big, the big mother of all bills yeah. that come out of legislation from page to page. Can and I tell you the that's what language, Everybody because, you know, was a li- it's, little surprised right, it's just, that we're electing
1: people who really probably didn't read very many pages before them. it they actually got to they, yeah. be
3: that expensive of a deal. It would yeah. be pages, I mean, I think the, I'm um, the, I mean, we could call it the Obamacare legislation, I think that was, you know, thousands of pages long. But they trust their committee staff who are hired to say, you know what, here's what we're putting in there. And you know, most of the time it's pasting. Many different pieces of legislation in together into one big, huge, monstrous piece of legislation. Because why? Because you know, at the end of the day, you have to get so many votes in order to pass legislation. Wow. You have to have a carrot in the piece of legislation. I always like to call it the cupcake in the piece of legislation because you gotta make it sweet enough to make sure that people want to take that, to can take that vote and swallow it because at the end of the day, there's, in the piece of legislation, there's stuff you like and there's stuff you don't like. Well, you gotta have more of the stuff you like in order to swallow the stuff you don't like. You know, that
1: was the other thing a lot of people said to me that are pretty savvy people uh, that said, Isn't it amazing that these people are being elected by the, our, our country and they go in there and the government is so enormous today that they can't even take it serious to make sure they've read it all. And believe it or not. That is how naive our country has been about the position of the government being so large now. It's beyond all imagination. They can't even read it.
2: Right. There's I so think, much I going on. And that's, well, the, was, uh,
1: that's the one thing to think about. About uh, I, I had some people from Switzerland here, and I guess the Swiss government is small, and each of the provinces are very, very in control. And, and maybe you just said, our government is so huge. How could they possibly read five pages of everything they have to do?
3: Well, I, didn't, I didn't say five pages. I said thousands of Oh, times. I meant to say I even didn't, five pages. Government, I, yeah. say government, uh, yeah. I would say right. like Congress. Instead of government, I would say Congress doesn't necessarily read. Because, I mean, the, those, those bills they are passing, they're, sometimes, they're, sometimes literally they are a thousand pages long. And isn't, that, and isn't that a
1: sadness that our government is that big to have that much that many pages to oversee the, uh,
3: the life and death of our country? Well, I think why, why it's gotten that part because it's, there's so much partisan gridlock right now in Congress that, you know what, if they have any piece of moving legislation, right? Everything gets dumped into that piece of legislation because they're trying to get everything else passed, but it all comes underneath one big, huge mother monster bill. Right, there you go. They can, they huge only, government. Oh you know, my gosh. Yeah. You and I think they passed, they're passing pieces of legislation right and left. You know, winging those pages around, but they're actually only passing a few bills every single year. They're huge. They're, they're 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 gigantic pieces of legislation. But it's a lot of those little tiny pieces of legislation dumped right. into that big. Everybody getting a little favor here and there. because yeah, yeah. We're it's interesting. Know, we're
1: all learning. And then the one thing I I, I think I, I thank God our our corporations of size that keep this country alive and keep it prosperity of some nature to keep some respect throughout the world. If they ran their companies that way, they'd they'd be out of business.
3: Right. And the same thing about appropriations is that's that's the reinvestment of the tax dollars. You know, every single year, you and I both and all the listeners, especially in the U.S., we send our tax dollars to D.C. They know that money is what gets re-spent out in appropriations to the investments that you and I both believe in. How do I I know which one or
1: how do you know which one you're going to get?
3: Well, you don't, you don't know, well, you know, it's the roads, it's the bridges, it's the, our natural resources. Well, infrastructure, like your
1: infrastructure, right. And you know there's something else, uh, Jane, maybe you can help our listeners worldwide, is in the United States of America, if the pages are a 1,000 pieces, pages to, for our big, huge government, probably the biggest government in the whole wide world right now, is uh, government is when they're having to go be in so much going on a day, and the whole wide world is is responding to this, as we found out. Um, and what do you think is going to happen in, in in the future with the, the things that are vital to the life and death and prosperity of our country if they can't even read one thousand pages? And well you can know you what? imagine how many one thousand pages are going on a day, a week, a month, a year in the, our country's government that
3: none of it's getting read except for but people who that, are. Or, yeah, and I think we've got to be careful here of um over overreaching a little bit shit. I don't think they're pa- I know for a fact. Congress has been passing thousands of pages of legislation every single day. They pass those big kahuna bills, you know, once once every probably once every session and that's what you hear about. That's, okay. Those are the talking points, you know, so I think that's a little misleading to tell. Okay, you know, okay, so you're
1: saying it's more like a, what happens yeah, no, with no, our hey. health care plan and uh, think some think other that, things. Uh, right,
3: yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. That's misleading. You know, that's yeah. Now, that's, what is the
1: average size? Off. What do you think the average size, because there's going to be hundreds, thousands of these bills, thousands of transactions, thousands of transactions going on uh, in our country uh, what is the size usually that they have of the paperwork that they would have to read?
3: Oh, heavens. I think they're reading, I think our, our good senators and congressmen are reading paper um, all day long. They're in committee hearings, they're getting testimony. So they're reading a lot and they're researching, you know, and it gets put into pieces of legislation. Now, a piece of legislation can be one simple word. It can be, maybe it could be one word on a page, or again, it can be thousands of pages, up to thousands of pages. So I can, I, that's, that's out of my reach. I'm not, I can't answer that question. I mean, it's just a uh-huh. wide variety. But you know, a, a piece of legislation can be one word, or it can be, you know, it could be a couple pages. I remember, writing them, and the most bills I ever wrote um, were just a couple pages each. You know, just mm-hmm. changing, changing current statute, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. making life better. <laughs> making life better, and <laughs> that was the last note, <laughs> Jane. But uh, when you and Lisa
1: were writing your book and you were diving in with personal experience, and what was the focus
3: on the book for
1: people to understand?
3: You know what we really wanted to do? We were so sick and tired of the mudsling happening with politics and campaigning that we decided every single time that we would tell one of our own stories or a story of you know, our friends who are still working on the Hill, and we would always end up. People would always end up laughing, and they would both. And we had, both, Alicia and I, heard this all the time. They're like, "You both are funny. You're fun. You're, you know, <laughs> you both like to write. So why don't you take? Why don't you take that talent and write a book?" So four years ago, believe it or not, four years ago, Alicia was sitting on my couch. She decided that she was going to write chapter one. She sent it to me. I jazzed it up, added a little sparkle and spunk to it. Sent it back to Alicia, and I wrote chapter two. Sent it back to Alicia, and we just tag team that way through the entire process over four years. Now, uh-huh. so get this, Sharon. This is where this gets fascinating, especially if you have writers listening. We uh-huh. never had an outline. We never had any notes. I never knew when I got the um, chapter from Alicia what was going to happen next in the book. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it was a surprise to me, too, and then I would just add. So we would just keep going that way. We talked to each other. Alicia and I are best friends. We talked to each other every single day, but we never once talked about the book over four years, uh-huh. four years ago. And we got done. Um, we got done finished writing in April. We took uh-huh. it to two publishers. We were picked up within about a two-week time period from a publisher. We fast tracked the editing, proof for new Well, products. you know what it was. You know what it was, uh, Jane. It was your what
1: title. Was it? <laughs> it was what? And I'm I'm doing my review today, uh, getting ready for the show, and and um, I was looking at, huh, this is going to be a good one
3: today on inauguration day. <laughs> all right, all right, it's a fun book. It's a little saucy. It's a little juicy. We just want to make sure that people want... We just thought, you know what? We're going to make people laugh about what life is really like in D.C. So, okay. you know, we no one else has... There's no other book out there. we kind of being compared to, like, Devil Wears Prada meets the U.S. Senate. So we just had a lot of fun with it, and, you know, we're having fun with it now. We love. We absolutely love hearing from our readers who have been picked it up and they told us they're laughing out loud from it and you know Air yes. Force everybody wants to know what's okay in the book, so i can true. see you got you got uh and did you say uh devil loves prada devil wears prada that book yeah know, prada, book I
1: yeah i i know where you're coming from there we're going to take a moment and then we're going to come back and you're going to make us laugh about some of the things that you know about that book that you found you had a lot of fun and people were laughing if Thanks. you would just wait a minute, we'll be right back, Jane. You've got lots of energy there, and uh, you've been on the ground in the trenches learning about what you're going to tell us. But we'll be right back. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears, I Miss," just a mist. We'll be right back with Jane Jones. <laughs>
2: All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. Listen.
0: The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. To the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at yahoo.com. That's Sharon Hour at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Jane, what are some of the fun things in their, your book that, that listeners would love to go find your book uh, that
3: you found people found that you
1: said they were laughing? Oh, my gosh. I
3: think there's tons of different stories in the book. There's everything from the over demanding. Senator. There's the uh, uh, chairman of the Senate who happens to be blind, and there's a lot of um, situations that he finds himself into. Um, there's two main characters in the book, there's Allison and Janet. Janet happens to chase the blind senator online dating with him and keeps it kind of close to her heart and doesn't tell the office that she's um, after the companion senator. There's a time in the book where poor Allison is the only chance that she has to go and um, he has to go, and date. Yeah, get an opportunity for a date is to um, has an opportunity for a date, and her the senator actually interrupts the middle of the date and asks her to go change his laundry in his apartment, and so she interrupts her date, and they go and change the laundry, and then they come back, and their car has been stolen. Everything <laughs> from that. <laughs> there's all. I mean, there's a lot in the book. I just not Oh, but do you get? I get some
1: things where people are having to babysit with a. Uh, the family's children while, you, while they're trying to get some things done because oh, the babysitter didn't arrive.
3: Yeah, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the chief of staff's kids. They're hanging from the chandeliers. There's a situation where the chief of staff <laughs> is in the um the um the birthing room of one of the secretaries is having a child, and he's he's the person in the room, the hospital room, while the child is born. To you name it, it happens. There's and the where show the, still has to go on. The show still has to go on. There's where the senator's um, nanny forgot her passport, so she fills out her application and color crayons. Yeah.
1: Oh my. Yeah, I can imagine. I can just imagine. And I take it you've been to a few inaugurations too. Yeah, one absolutely. I've been to
3: one actually. Which one did you this go a special, to? This is special. Bush the second. It's been kind of. A, it's a. You know, I did. Too. Day, I, I was mean. there too. Oh, excellent! <laughs> excellent. Thanks so much, Sharon. Thank you okay, for having nice to Lister. talk with you. Bye. Bye-bye.
1: Well, I think uh, we'll continue the show here with what I was learning. I uh, will do a commentary, and then we'll get back into water and children uh, and what is happening in our next show and some of the shows that I've been wanting you to listen to. Uh, she had a call that she had to go, and I guess the time frame that we had her on, uh, she had no idea. Uh I want you to know what is happening today. This is a uh historical show today. Jane Jones was on uh during this is uh, a uh, Barack o- President Barack Obama's inauguration today. And it is happening as we speak. Uh our country here in the United States of America is going into another uh, next 4 years with our new our president an additional 4 years and I think what she was saying today that if people have a lot of um to think about. And we do know, and I've talked to people around the world, whether the world is listening, the world is watching, and what we are doing over here in our country. And what I, how I describe our country here in America is 50 little countries called states. And our forefathers did something here in the United States that was absolutely fascinating with what has happened here for us to do business within our own states and all the unbelievable freedoms of, of opportunities and prosperity that we all have. And I don't care who you are. Um, the, 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 there's so much to communicate with to learn today. Now, I'm going to get into, since I have the time, about the water. In China right now, they're going through a very severe, also this is a historic show today, on what is happening with their water. And the uh, pollution, as you all have been hearing, has been a record high. And when the pollution gets off the charts record high, it puts a lot of particles in the air that have to be the breathing of those particles are absolutely very, very serious. And uh, you're needing to know what we need to think about in the future that here in the United States and around the world, that when the water would get contaminated because of pollution, and we were just reading in the paper about Camp Lejeune, uh, a Marine Corps base that had had polluted water since the middle 50s, and they're just announcing it now. And they're going back in to find out which troops were doing training. There were individuals that were there because the water had been polluted, and they seem to just find out more about it recently. In all parts of the world, whether it be India, in our individual states, here in the United States, we are living with that unknown. I have been studying water for 35 years, fresh water. And for you to understand that fresh water is your everyday solvent and don't add anything to it. It's got to be fresh. It cannot be an added ingredient. It would make it too heavy for your body to digest and to absorb. So if your body is 80 to 90% water, your cell is two thirds water, outside the cell is one third water, and you need to have fresh water to create, to detoxify, add to your a system of your whole life's existence with what you're drinking is the water. And I'm saying again, no added ingredients, because if you add something to it, it'll make it too heavy then you have to digest what that is. You don't want to do that. You want to have a, have a solvent. But we're finding out that the world has, like I said to Jane today, the priority of our governments around the world are missing out on something that I recognize. The priority of water on the planet Earth is a very important life structure. It's the way we have to live. And what we've been learning is that each of our states, each of our countries are not making that the priority of water, fresh water. And what is going to happen in time, 50 years, 100 years, or as time goes by? How? What are we going to do for our futures of our planet here, Earth? What's it going to do to influence the humidity of our air if we don't have enough fresh water on the surface of the earth to influence the humidity. And with that humidity is your life existence to live. I've said on this show many times, the moment you were born, you entered into the air you breathe, and that moment you're no longer in a pocket of water. You're living on your own from the beginning of your life at that moment called a dehydration process. That dehydration process is because when you were in the womb, you were had water around you to grow and exist and build up your hydration to enter into the air you're living in. And then the organs of your body will have water and that water must be maintained for the rest of your life. And what is your passing, your death? It's dehydration to passing. Always remember that. The other thing to remember that we've been studying when we've been studying waters is that because you're a living organism living with the organism of our planet Earth, the planet Earth and you must, must communicate. That's the humidity. The one thing we've been learning about indoor conditions is indoor conditions with insulated uh, heating and cooling, insulated windows and walls, forced air heating and cooling. What is that doing to your body's organism to dehydrate you? So when you're indoors, always make sure you have a glass of water with you. And the one thing we've been learning, don't just sip it, drink it. Don't just sip it, drink the whole thing so that when you're getting your glass of water, you're getting the glass of water at that moment, not just sipping it. Some of the other things to learn about fresh waters and your homes and your buildings is your pipes. And that's the other part of we're learning about the contamination and the problems is that when you're drinking your water, don't ever hesitate to take the water to a state lab and get it tested. Because when you're going to a state lab, you can find out what is in the water you're drinking, especially the water that is more commonly being drank by you all day. Sometimes you will drink water that you don't know what the pipes are doing in a building. You may be a guest. But remember, there's a time coming that with our focus with the Power of Water radio talk show that we're going to be able to know what we're, the water we're drinking and how serious it is in all walks of life all over the world. Another topic I wanted to go on to today is uh, what is happening in other countries of the world with the women getting up and having to walk to getting the water. And stop and think about that. And we've had the United Nations on here. When the woman has to get up in the morning, the mother and the woman, in the household, and she begins her way to walk to where that water source may be. Don't ever take that for granted. That that may not happen in our country of America in long term time. There may be a time when we, the, you may, the, a family may wake up. And the water source that was common in the last 50 years is no longer abundant because we didn't make any, we did not plan for that water. And that can happen. And you've been hearing, I'm sure it's happening in other parts of our country where the water source is running out when, during drought years. Where are they getting their water? So, uh, and where will they be able to live a modern life with running water in the house for not only for the drinking purposes, but for washing the clothes, the dishes, the laundry? Uh, Let's say you want a garden, you won't be able to do it. You'll have to go buy the water. Now, this is not an unusual story in other countries of the world and even in Europe. Europe found themselves so far back that waters were going bad and contaminated or not enough, so water companies sprang up to sell water to families and communities that didn't have water, fresh water to drink, fresh water to use for their household needs every day so remember that happened so far back that's why the water companies began to sell water so that people would be sure and have water especially to drink if the waters are contaminated or not abundant at least they would have fresh safe water to drink so remember the power of water radio talk show is bringing to your attention that the future of water on the planet earth is very serious. And they're finding it out in China today because of all the contaminations of water. It's been said that reported that 750,000 people in China are dying because of water. But that isn't caused just – and how many people are passing away, even if, if it's not the water that they passed away with, maybe it was something to do with the air. So always stop to think about long-term future planning, that as you as a person – you get up and you go to vote and you have a priority to vote. Don't vote for something you don't understand what you're voting for. And always remember that in the back of your mind, what is the most important priority? Safety of your planet Earth, health of your planet Earth, the existence of your planet Earth to be forever. I think another topic we could go on to here quickly is NASA. We've had NASA here on the show. NASA has always found priorities of going out into space to learn more about our, our planet Earth. How it is it surviving? Is it, is it healthy? Uh, what is happening on the planet Earth? As they're looking away from the planet Earth, and let's say they're sitting on the moon looking down at the planet Earth, studying and, t- and, and, and determining, what is making, why is the planet Earth surviving and it still has the water? So as they study the climate and they study everything there is to study, our soil is a living life. The water is living with the soil. The water and the soil are living with the air, the humidity, our life and the air of our Earth. So as they study this, NASA's role has been so important to the whole concern of our life on Earth. The whole planet Earth is being able to survive and go on for a, a whole, an eternity. Were you ever listening when I had a scientist on? He said, Sharon, I don't know if we're ever going to have eternity as a word for our planet because we're finding out that we're shortchanging some things along the way that we haven't learned yet. So NASA's priority in your thinking to me, would be very important to how your generations to come and our planet are able to be healthy and survive and have a lifelong eternity to the planet Earth. We've had guests on here discussing the air we're breathing also. And always remember that your organism of life, your, your life of life that you're living with, your body, 80 to 90% water, that life has to live with the air we're living with. And that as you're moving along around every single day, indoors, outdoors, in and out of a car, in and out of a train or a bus, or whatever you're doing to to live your life, that body that you're living with has to live with the air you're breathing and the air that your body is breathing. So remember that is important to also prioritize that whoever we have in running our country and our infrastructure realizes that yes, the road might be important and uh, there's certain things that are very important our bridges. Yes, we need that. But what is the priority of our, our choices of life for being healthy is the air we're breathing, the water we're uh, drinking, and the nutrition that we're eating is safe. Always think on those, those directions of how you live. Another priority is your. we've had people on the show talking about your diet. Your diet, as you've been learning, depends upon water growing in the soil. We've been learning more about the organic way of growing our crops and our and our uh, nutrition. How much have we learned to realize that how you eat every day is how you live your whole life, including your drinking of the water, including uh, the breathing of your life, the breath of life, is your nutrition. And as you've been hearing, but there are scientists that we've had on here from Harvard and all over the country and around the world that what you're eating must be safe. What you're eating must be well thought out during the day for your, what's happening to the dehydration of your body. There's a word that I'm going to bring up every show, dehydration. And as you're, as you're living your life, you want to detoxify, you want to, you want to have hydration, you don't want to have severe dehydration. As you know, that can take you into very serious diseases. So what you're eating, how you're sleeping, how you're drinking, and what, how you're living your everyday life and your choices. We've had people on here talking stress through the period of time. If stress can be caused, cause dehydration, and dehydration can cause stress. So remember the body water table of your life has got a body water level, each person. And when you were born... There's no two eyes alike, no two fingerprints, and lifestyle choices of dehydration are happening. But you must maintain your hydration. And as you're maintaining that hydration into your body, detoxification, with the way you're eating your food, and uh, how you're sleeping is vital, and how you're living your life with your stress. Every single person has a stress. And as you're living with that stress and that pressure, you're learning that that pressure, and the, as a the water table pressure on the body, and and the brain being eighty percent water, your blood is eighty to ninety percent water. You have an oxygen and hydrogen side of your body. How you're living with that hydration, and what's causing dehydration, can, can stimulate a problem called stress. And that stress can become very comfortable to you or very uncomfortable. It's the amount of water you're drinking. If you're not drinking enough water, you will not be able to live with the stress in a healthy way that you should. Now we're going to go back and we're going to overview what the shows have been about through the years. Is what you're drinking, an amount of water a day, cannot be an energy drink. It's not going to work. It cannot be anything added to the water to make it feel like where I'm drinking liquid. And whenever you hear them say drink liquid, remember I'm thinking drink water also during the day, not just the word liquid. So as we're overviewing right now of what you need to be reminded of for your life, your health, and to also, let's say what is an allergy? I mean, maybe the allergy is happening because you're too dehydrated. We know the stress can become, so de- you become too dehydrated. But, and you know that if you're not eating the right food during periods of time with warnings of viruses that are floating, years uh, during the seasons of, of um, allergies, you're going to learn that if you turn to the water, 100% water, don't call it liquid, the water, to drink that water and add to your water intake during the day and make sure you're getting 8 to 10 glasses of water, you'll be able to fight that flu. You'll be able to come deal with the, the allergies. You'll be able to deal with stress. You'll get a better night's sleep. You'll notice that you will do, like I've had a lot of people say, they go on diets to lose weight by drinking more water. You'll learn that the food you're eating and the detoxification is with water is going to be in your favor. Now, the flu, where did historical time with the flu? Uh, they're having extraordinary historical uh Death with flu this year. Well, here in the United States of America, I wish that people would start saying, well, are you drinking enough water? Even to your closest friend and to your family and to your grandparents, a lot of times our grandparents don't always drink a lot of water. It doesn't always taste the way they'd like it to taste, but they have to drink plain water. Remind them to put a little lemon in it, a little honey in it maybe, but not much, just if they need a little sweetness, it's better just to have the lemon and hot water. So you can find the remind each other. So now I'll go over this real quickly. We learned that there's something to learn about fresh water. Your cell is two-thirds water. Outside the cell is one-third water. What are you? Your 50 trillion cells of water. What is the most important part to your daily health and health Olympics and lifestyle choices is drinking 100% fresh water. When you hear that there's a virus happening, you need to start taking more water. You don't want to drink energy drinks. They'll, they'll clog the body, congest it, body, and cause a toxification. You want to make sure that everything you're taking in during virus warnings, that you are drinking enough water, eating the right food to digest, and you're getting the right sleep. So as you're living with the challenges of what is happening, you can even deal with the stress and be healthy with your own stress. Going, go backwards. The earth is, the three, the earth has three percent fresh water. Two percent is not usable. One percent of earth is usable. Your body is 50 trillion cells of water. Two thirds of the cell is water. One-third of the cell, outside the cell, is water. What do you think, what the importance of this show is called Power of Water, to keep reminding everybody how important it is to drink the water, have safe water, and prioritize with all of our politicians which started our show today that they have a priority of what our infrastructure must be. Protect the water at all costs. Well, I want to thank you for listening today, Uh, Jane Jones. I'm sorry she had to leave early. Something happened on that end, but out of all the years I've had the show, I think we've only had it happen one other time. We want to thank her for giving us her precious, most valuable time today. She was the author. She is the author with her co-author, Capitol Hell, and uh, I think it sounded like a lot of fun things to listen to, to read in her book that are going on in our government today that are very amusing, and I think we'd find it, she said, and we would laugh. But I want to thank you for listening, and I always say, embrace your life. It's so important to you. But embrace somebody else's. Don't forget about somebody else. But earth is whispering. Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye and take it with you. It's so important that we have a lifelong earth for eternity. You're that special. I want to thank you for listening today, and you have a nice day, and you be well.